Repeat after me. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let me just share with you for a few short minutes, and then Calvin's going to bring a song, because where we've been this morning is precisely where God led me this week, and I just want to share just a simple verse for you from the Psalms. We were going to, thinking of doing a panel conversation this morning, but Renee, my wife, is not here today. We're in the middle of another story ourselves. Our middle child, Jed, is in hospital right now. He's had gallstones for the last couple of weeks, and we're uh, suspecting that they will operate and take his gallbladder out today, which will be a great outcome. So we're, we're just trusting that um, that he will be good and well and home with us in a, in a day or two. But that's where Renee is today. We're in the middle of our story. Many of you guys are also in the middle of your story. And um, the Lord, as I was reading this week, just kind of arrested my attention on one verse from Psalm 32 It's a familiar psalm to us, but this verse 7, let me just read this out to you and just share a few short devotional thoughts on this, where David says, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And it arrested my attention because I'm reading this, I'm going, you know what? A hiding place is usually hush-hush. It's usually secret. Nobody knows about it. It's a quiet place. You are my hiding place. I'm here and no one knows. And, I, and I'm just here with you, Lord. And, and the world can kind of go about its business, but I'm here with you. I'm in my hiding place. But then he says, you surround me with shouts of deliverance. And it's like this juxtaposition here, this almost seeming contradiction that I'm in this hidden place in God, David says. But at the same time, the Lord is surrounding him with shouts of deliverance. And I believe that's, that's what the Lord's been sharing with us by his Holy Spirit today through these testimonies, that we are all found hidden in God. What does Paul say in Colossians? That you, yourself, your salvation is hidden in God, in Christ Jesus. We are found, we are hidden in him. And it's like the Lord places us in his palm and, and covers us with his, with his love, with his protection, with the blood that Christ shed on the cross. You are for me a hiding place. David says, yet it's not a, a secret hush-hush hiding place. This is, this is to be known. This is to be spoken about. And, um, and, and this, this word means a refuge, a shelter, is to hide or conceal. Uh, it reminds me of it, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. The same word is used there. We'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And, and isn't that what we've been praying even for, for Israel through this season and for hostages and IDF troops as they go into Gaza, that, that they would themselves experience a, a hiddenness in God, that they would find Yahweh would be their hiding place, even in the midst of, of massive conflict. And the same for your lives whether it's a continuing conflict or whether it's dysfunction or whether it's difficulty, that you would know that God is for you a hiding place, that you can come to him and that you can be restored and refreshed, that you can abide 
in him. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. James said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so as we complete this year, another year of 2023, the reminder to us again is to stop, is to be still, breathe deep, pause, rest, refresh yourself in the goodness of God because he is for you a hiding place. He is for you a hiding place. Fear not, for I am with you, Isaiah says. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then again in chapter 49, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Such is the love and the care of our Father for each one of you. That what David experienced as an individual and we pray as a nation for Israel is actually our truth as well. Is our reality that, that God for us is a hiding place. Jesus said in John, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, they follow me, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one, what, will snatch them out of my hand. This is the confidence that we can have, guys. The confidence that no one, nothing will ever separate us. From the love of God through Christ Jesus, nothing will snatch them from my hand, Jesus said. My father, he says, who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And I and the father are one. Your salvation, your redemption, your story is written. It is secure. It is steadfast. You are loved. And God for you is a hiding place. Run to him. Be near to him. Let him conceal you in this new year. No matter what's going on in the world, let him, let him cover you with his love and, and his goodness over you. David then says the next line, he says, you preserve me from trouble. And as I read this, I'm going, what psalm are we in? It's Psalm 32. And if you read this psalm in context, Psalm 32, well known, is a psalm that David wrote after he had been confronted by the prophet Nathan about his adultery with Bathsheba. And he had sent... Bathsheba's husband Uriah to the front lines to be killed. And it's a song of confession and, and crying out to God. It's a song of, of forgiveness as well. And Nathan's visit to David, you can read it in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. Nathan's visit to David is such that, you know what, You're, there's actually going to be trouble in your life. He says that evil will beset your home. And the child that, that has just been born to Bathsheba through this union, guess what? That child's going to die. And lo and behold, you read that story in 2 Samuel and that's precisely what happens. And so for David to say, you preserve me from trouble, I'm going, what? David, are you, are you naive? Are you in denial? Are you trying to over-spiritualize your situation? And I think that, no, I think that David has, has got such a grasp on the faithfulness and on the goodness of God he, he, he's leaning into his history with Yahweh and that he can say that, you know what, even though these circumstances, these things happen compared to the goodness of God, compared to the faithfulness of Yahweh, it's like I have no trouble at all. It's like I have no... And this isn't a license then to go and do what David did, by the way, and treat sin as a, as a nothing, all right? 
you know, people see David's life and say, well, David was a man after God's own heart and he committed adultery and he, you know, he arranged for murder and now I'm preaching. I'm sorry. Let me, Romans 6, what does Paul say? He says, no, don't, you can't go on sinning so that grace may increase. You have died to sin. And so in your life, as you find your hidden place in God, remember that you have died to sin. It no longer rules in your life. It no longer has a say in your life. You are dead to that. Your life is now hidden in Christ. You are a new creation. So the old has to go. We don't court with sin anymore. We shuck it aside. We, we walk away from that. We close the door on that thing. And so then when we can say, like David, you preserve me from trouble, it's not that bad things are not going to happen to us. Yes, we know. Terrible things happen. Children aren't healed. Sometimes the car breaks down. You lose your job. But we can't pay the mortgage. There's circumstances in life and trouble, yes, is actually the experience of Christians as well as non-Christians. But here's the difference. When our focus is on God, like that word from Job, when our focus is on the Lord and on his goodness, his faithfulness, his, we can say like David that Yahweh is my salvation. Yahweh is my deliverer. Yahweh is my redeemer. In comparison to all that, it's like I have no trouble at all. You get the difference. And then he finally, he says this line there, you surround me with shouts of deliverance. You surround me with songs of deliverance, of shouts of deliverance. Some of your versions will say songs of victory. You know, this is no secret hiding place. This is, this is like God's kingdom come. This is in this hiding place is wrapped up the testimony of God is all about it. The testimony of God, just like what we've shared this morning, all these stories, guess what? They, they rise as songs of praise, as declarations of God's faithfulness to the heavens. And God hears and looks down and smiles and says, there's my kids. They're remembering me. They're, they're, they're agreeing with me. They're making declarations about my heart. This is who I am. This is what I do. And you can just imagine David's experience there. You surround me with songs of deliverance or shouts of deliverance. You can imagine, imagine there that Yahweh himself singing over David. We read that in Zephaniah 3.17, don't we? That the Lord himself sings over us. And you can just hear the angels singing and shouting songs of deliverance over David. It's what we pray for Israel, that that. that Israelis, the Jews, the Arabs alike would know Yahweh, that they would know Yeshua, their Messiah, that they would come to see that Jesus isn't just a Western construct, but actually he came from their own lineage. He, he came as a son of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, a son of David. Jesus wasn't Palestinian. Whoa, who knew? He was a Jew. He came into that nation and he, he, what? Salvation, what does Paul say? I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the power of Christ, for it is a salvation, what? First for the Jew, then for the Gentile, one new man that God is, is bringing together in this age. And you can just imagine Yahweh, the angels, and David himself singing shouts and songs of deliverance. So David, <laughs> I love it, and, and we too, in the name of Jesus, we take no backward steps as we head into 2024. Even, even though in the circumstances, yes, David's child perished. And, and again, go and read that. He was fasting. He was praying. He was repenting, sitting in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes while the child was ill. 
And as soon as the child perishes, you remember the story? They're worried. Oh, no, if he's been that bad while the child was still with us, what's he going to be like now that he's dead? But what does David do? He gets up. He refreshes himself. He washes himself. And he goes to worship. He goes into the temple to worship. No backwards steps. He has sinned. He confesses that sin. He receives forgiveness. And he knows he is forgiven. And now he goes to worship. He doesn't stay in shame. There's no second guessing in David. Am I really forgiven? David declares without a shadow of a doubt his trust in God's total forgiveness. And David, a precursor even before Jesus came, how much more for us in the new covenant that Jesus has died on our behalf, that now we have the blood of Christ covering our lives. How much more can we know that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus? There's no backward steps. There's no second guessing. There's no, am I really forgiven? I don't know. I think what I did was actually quite a bit worse than anything anyone else has ever done before. No. I'm forgiven. There's no shame. There's no second glance, no shoulder checks, no more wondering, no more hiding, no more hedging our bets with the world. You know, if this forgiveness thing doesn't work out, well, at least I'll have a great, good house or a good career. No, no hedging our bets. He is all. He is all. And so, church, it's time to rise. There are shouts of deliverance over Israel right now. There are shouts of deliverance over every one of your lives right now. And as we head into 2024, we know that the globe is heating up. In Israel, we know the wars, not just with Gaza, Hezbollah is getting more and more active. In Israel's the north sending rockets over. We know Iranian proxies are up to... All their mischief, it's really a, a powder keg of things that could go off right now. Russia's, you know, still bombing Ukraine. There's stuff going on. Do you hear um, Christmas Day there was a, a massacre of 200 Christians in Nigeria? 200 Christians slaughtered in a place of worship on Christmas Day. There's expelling of... Um, Hundreds of thousands of Muslims from Pakistan, uh, Afghan Muslims. There's, the world is a powder keg right now. Coming into next year, we've got the US elections. We've got major elections in China, Taiwan. There's, there's lots of stuff going on. And so what is our response, church? What is our response? Do we avoid the issues of the world and put our head in the sand and pretend that it doesn't go away, that it goes away? Do we kind of pray in the rapture and say, Lord, just let me escape this hellhole, oh, I just want to go up to my cloud in heaven. And may it be, may it be that, that Jesus may come, that, you know, for all you pre-trib folks, we're right after all. And, uh, and Jesus comes back and we get to go right in the cloud. But if the post-trib folks are right, then we can't just avoid these matters. We can't put our head in the sand. We can't freak out, become fearful and anxious. And, and our job is not to fight every conflict or choose a side in every matter that goes on in this world today. Our role, and it's something that Joel and I, we share all the time, this is close to our hearts, our role is to come to him. You are a hiding place for me. God, we say again that you are our peace, that you are our refuge. And, and so abide in him. 2024. Let it be a year of abiding in him, of not dismissing or negating the issues in the world today. Actually, the Lord is training us 
to be more effective in intercession, to grow in compassion for the lives of those around us, to, to pray more intelligently and strategically with compassion and with wisdom. The Lord's training us in that. So get ready to join in what the Lord is doing in his church. That's, that's what he has for us in this new year. So we abide in him. We say, you preserve me from trouble despite my circumstances. Whatever challenges come my way, Lord, I am more than a conqueror and I trust in you. As, as I know that you are singing, surrounding us with shouts of deliverance, that Yahweh is my salvation. Everyone say that. Yahweh is my salvation. Yahweh is my deliverer. Yahweh is my redeemer. And we proclaim that over our own life, over the life of our family. We proclaim it over Australia. Tonight, as a, as a worship hymn event here on the hinterland of the Sunshine Coast, we're expecting hundreds, if not a thousand or a couple of thousand people to come and proclaim Yahweh is king. Jesus is king over the earth. Together, there's going to be immense power in that. And we, do, and we proclaim Yahweh over Israel as well. Why don't you stand to your feet? Father, we stand in the promises of your name, Yahweh, confident that you are ever true, that you are better than we've ever believed. And we say afresh, Lord God, that you are our hiding place. And we can come to you, that we can find in you a refuge, a shelter, that we can find ourselves concealed in you, covered for the issues of our day. Lord, not to be hidden away from them, Lord God, but to stand on a mountaintop and to proclaim that you are God, that you are King, that you are Lord over the earth, that we can proclaim the songs of deliverance that you sing over us, Lord. And so fill us, we pray. Fill us, Holy Spirit, afresh for a new year. Come and have your way in each one of our lives, in our families, in this town, in this region, in this city. Come and have your way. King Jesus, be glorified and be exalted in our midst. And Lord, whatever comes in this world, whether it be of our own making or whether it be caused by someone else, or whether it would just be the effects of living in a broken world, Lord, whatever it is we say and we declare that compared to that, Lord God, you preserve us from trouble, that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are mighty, that you are whole, that you are our deliverer. And so, Father, into this new year, we step conscious that you are surrounding us with songs and shouts of deliverance. Lord God, we, we hear them for Israel. We hear them over that nation. We intercede for them as a people again, Lord Jews and Arabs alike. Lord God, in that whole region, that Yeshua, you would be revealed to this people. That you, Lord, who came and died for the sake of all the nations, that you would win for yourself a great reward, prepare your bride for your return whenever or however that may look in the coming days, we pray. But we just say right now, humbly, Lord God, that we are ready.
that we make ourselves ready. We humble ourselves, Lord God, to seek your face first and foremost. And Lord, in the meantime, may you fill our hearts with compassion. May you ready us. May you position us. May you point us, Lord God, toward the harvest and toward what you're going to do in the lives of those who do not yet know you in this place, we pray. Oh, come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, Father of of heaven, have your way in and through us, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name and all these people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.